Good morning. Welcome to Oasis Community Church online this morning. So uh, great to have you with us. Thank you for making time just to tune in, uh, whether you're watching live or on demand. We've got people engaging in different ways. Uh, some are with us in person, others uh, engaging online. We've got gospel communities that will come together that have been seeking to live life on mission, gathering together to celebrate today and, uh, and enjoy uh, time together in God's presence. So, so many different ways that our church are meeting and engaging and it's uh, a thrill to to be able to be with you now. Um, and I just want to encourage us, uh, we're going to spend uh, a few moments, Ian and myself, we're going to have a conversation. As a church this year, we just sense that God is inviting us to look to Jesus, uh, to experience, encounter him afresh, uh, to look at how he does life and to weave that into the lifestyle that we live. And so I want to encourage you this morning. We're going to uh, have a time where we're just going to play a song. You can sing with that uh, and worship God through singing. Uh, I'm going to encourage something else in a moment. But um, just my prayer is that this morning or whenever you're watching this, that you'll be with Jesus, that you will experience his presence, know his love for you, that knows no bounds uh, and that you'll be stirred, that the spirit of God will stir you to uh, to seek him and see him, encounter him and live like him. And so um, I want to encourage you, Psalm 40, I was reading this week and uh, a couple of verses just jumped out. Psalm uh, 40, verse five, it says, Lord, my God, you have done many things. In each one of us, he's done so many things, things we've seen and not seen, things we've taken notice of and some things that have just drifted by his blessings to us. Your wondrous works and your plans for us, none can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, they are more than can be told. And then it says in verse 16, let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. I wonder as we as we let this song of worship just play now, maybe you, you sing with that, but maybe maybe it's just taking some time in this act of worship just to recall who God is and what he's done in your life. Big things, small things, the blessings, the things that seem insignificant, just start to thank him for them. They are more than can be told. And the encouragement of this psalm is to seek him and rejoice. It can be so tempting, can't it, just to bring out problems to God. And there's nothing wrong with that. The big things and the small things, he wants to hear the issues in our life. But, but how about we just come and we seek him and we rejoice. We give thanks for who he is, what he's doing in our life. We bless him. We just, we just tell him how amazing he is. So uh, right now, as this song of worship just plays, uh, why don't you just take a few moments just to, to allow your mind, maybe even speak them out with the people you're with if you're on your own, just speak those things out, just how good and amazing our God is, how great is our Lord. Let's just bless him now and worship him together. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I worship Your holy name The sun comes up It's a new day dawning It's time to sing a song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord 
Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Feels like a, a long time since we've had one of these conversations, but um, a number of people have said how they enjoy them. Uh, just unpacking some scripture and it being more of a conversation leads them to some thoughts. So we're going to continue that as we as we explore these encounters with Jesus, which is where I just sense that God is saying uh, this year just to just to focus on Jesus, to look to him uh, and, and, and explore who he is, what he did and how we get to live in light of who he is. And so um, we're going to dive into a passage of scripture um, that is about the calling of the disciples. So we're not necessarily looking at things chronologically, but early on, Jesus calls the disciples this encounter they have with Jesus. Some of these guys for the first time encounter Jesus. So just going to read Matthew 4 verses 18 to 21, and then we'll we'll have a bit of a conversation around that. If that's OK. So it says, as he was walking, that's Jesus, along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee's, Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. 
amazing encounter these people had that caused that reaction in their life. Um, Ian, what, what, as, we, as we read that, what stands out for you? What are some of the things that just strike your heart? Well, I mean, the fact they called, you know, he called, he called two brothers, didn't he? And Simon and Andrew, mm. and, uh, and then James and John, his family connection. And um, I don't know about you, John, but I kind of think, what, were the, what, what, what kind of people were these guys? And we get to, as we journey through the Gospels, we get to a bit of an insight into them, mainly Peter, actually, and, and John. And yeah. um, we don't hear much about Andrew and uh and with James, of course, we get a little bit of more information. But what were they like? What what made them respond to Jesus in in immediately? What was it? Uh, was that the first encounter that they'd had with him, or was there some previous, you know, encounters with Jesus? Was there some whisperings of this Jesus that was in the area that goes, oh, yeah, I want to follow. You know, if he comes asking, I'm going to follow. But then the other thing, um, before I give you a chance to talk, um, was, was um, they didn't come to Jesus with a need. Yeah. So it wasn't like they approached Jesus, so Jesus, can we follow you? It was Jesus identifying them and inviting them, and they responded. And so I, I, I've just been giving this some thought this morning, actually, John, is so if we come to Jesus with a need, he can and will meet it yeah and it's not and it's not wrong you know it's not wrong jesus i've got this need and i think the primary thing that is for us to respond recognize is we need him you know above everything else yeah but if it stays at need then that's i'm not sure we're ever going to progress into that sense of following jesus because we'll always want to come to him because he wants to want him to meet our need rather than recognizing who he is yeah and so maybe that shift of discipleship comes from need-based to ah, Jesus, the rabbi, Jesus, the master, Jesus, the Lord, has invited me to follow him. And I, I think that's, that's one thing that struck me there is, is just processing this is, yeah, that response to Jesus. And you're right in saying, you know, there were many accounts of people coming to Jesus because they need something. But these, those closest to Jesus... Um, you got that moment where they hear his voice uh, and, and the voice is one that um, they would not have heard from anyone else. You know, as I've studied this over the years, you, you begin to understand a little bit about the education system of the day where it was kind of it was basically about cutting people out. Um, it wasn't trying to include as many people as we can in education. This was this is like you get to a certain age and there was kind of standardized education. And then if you didn't meet the grade, you got you got cut off at that point. But then you might have gone a bit further and you're expected to know more and memorize more of the Torah. And if you didn't know that, then you'd get cut off. And eventually you'd be the best of the best. And, and, and you may hear uh, one rabbi say, come and follow me. Well, clearly these guys are fishermen. So at some point they haven't met the criteria for being those that qualify. And so they, they've, they've been cut off, they've been rejected. And yet here in this moment, uh, maybe, that, maybe in them is uh, like an assumption of, well, Jesus wouldn't call me anyway, so I'll, I'll crack on with what I'm doing. But even in that, Jesus uses those words. He says, follow me, which was what a rabbi would say to uh, a disciple that, that was worthy of them uh, following that, that rabbi. And, and these, these guys hear Jesus say that. And it's, it's like, um, it's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you uh, from from 
from where you have been and what you think of yourself or what the world has done to you. And I'm going to call you to follow me because there's a there's something bigger in your life that I'm calling you to. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, it's really important, isn't it? That we understand that the, that these guys were people that have wouldn't have made the grade. And yet we get this invitation um, and, and this invitation for, um, for, for for transformation. Yeah, I think that idea of of follow me. Um, I do sometimes worry that, it's particularly in the, in the Western Church or in the church, we've made the follow Jesus to um, attend attend a Sunday meeting, attend attend a connect group or a Bible study <laughs> or something. And if you if you're really super committed, you'll be at the prayer meeting as well. Yeah. And we kind of reduce following Jesus down to um, what we do, yeah, as the benchmark. Whereas when Jesus invited. Peter and Andrew, James and John to follow, and and actually in the in the in the day in that world when anybody was invited to follow a rabbi, or, it was it it was a whole life. Yeah. It was a commitment to say I, I see something you know, something in you that I want to imitate. Yeah. So like the the these these guys that Jesus invited was to see about how he managed his time, how he yeah. treated women, how he dealt with uh, dealt with singleness how he dealt with um uh, demons how he dealt with the sick all of it every part how he ate his dinner who he associated with who he let into his world it's like that would be mind-blowing for them because they couldn't then compartmentalize their lives well this is the jesus time yeah and this is i'll give this bit of my life to jesus because i can manage and control it it's like guys if you're going to follow me this is what it means yeah. And, and I and I don't think we we get that often. I think we're really good at compartmentalizing our lives. And I think to follow Jesus is to say, Jesus, I want to be like you in every part of my life. And and that's the call, isn't it? It's it's to be like him. That was the that was the call of the disciple. It was it was that you would become like uh, the one that you're following uh, there's a, um, a Hebrew sort of rabbi benediction they used to pray of may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi may you be so close to him yeah. that who he is becomes who you are so so there's this idea that following Jesus is you know it's, it's the phrase Christians it means it means being a little Christ it's it's and it was derogatory that the term used at the time actually the word Christian isn't used that much in the New Testament I think I think if I remember it's, it's used three times in the New Testament it's derogatory on most of them um, if not all three of them and, and it's, it's actually this disciple, this follower of Jesus is is the idea that's used that they would be his his disciples. Yeah. And the idea of the disciple was that you would you, you, you'd copy the rabbi in every area. You would become like that rabbi. And, and, and you're absolutely right in this in this call of Jesus is to say, um, I want to I want to restore to you you've been you might have this carry this idea of rejection you might carry this i'm not up to it I've, I've just got to do this job that doesn't really serve anything for anybody and and jesus well i'm calling you in that to mm. something far greater which is i'm calling you to be fishes of men that yeah. there's, a, there's a purpose in this there's a um you know you use the term rehumanizing i think that's a great term to use of of, of, of jesus calling these followers to be like him the the one who is fully god but fully man who gave us the example of what humanity can be like now come and follow me and there's the promise of life in all its fullness yeah it's great i'm reminded actually, just as we were talking i'm reminded you uh, you may not have ever seen it have you ever seen the repair shop 
Uh, occasionally, yeah. It's, it's not a show that I watch a lot of, but when I do, I always think I need to watch more of this because I've just been. Just thought like when when they take it's like when they take him one of these battered old bits of furniture or a toy or something, and um, it's it's not like they throw that away and then bring out a brand new one and say there you go, there's a brand new one, it's all sorted, everything works. They take this thing that's been battered and they restore it back to how it was originally intended to be. Um, and and I love that. I just thinking of that picture there is just this this being restored to how you were in t- originally created to bear God's image, um, and, and that's the invitation of Jesus in following you. And sometimes when they repair those things, it's pretty brutal. They like yeah. to take it right back to bare bones. And sometimes as we follow Jesus, I, I know you, you, we've we've shared stories of each other and things we've been through to, mm-hmm. together as we journey of just sometimes following Jesus is really hard of what what He's doing in our life and and how He works and sometimes it's taking it back but it's in order to to become all that he's calling us to be which is actually to be him to, to bear yeah. his image to yeah. be christ in all situations and in everything yeah i just was thinking about that repair shop analogy mm. because uh, i've watched someone and they they get it back to almost as as good as it as yeah. it can be but there's all it always sometimes just looks like there's still some residue yeah. of the old life, yeah. you know, the old way, the battered nature. And I, and I think like in in this world, like the 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 hope of the gospel, the invitation of Jesus is to be restored. Yeah. So the more we walk with Him, actually, the the more He He transforms us, restores us, renews us, and 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 if we get to follow Him for fifty years, that you would hope that actually after those 50 years we're a little bit more like Jesus than we were when we began but the promise of the gospel is that one day yeah everything will be made brand brand new yeah so while we might carry some scars and residue of the of the brokenness of our humanity even as we are being restored one day one day it'll will be perfect because he's yeah, perfect yeah. one day we'll be like him and we'll see because we'll see him as he really is and you know, that, i just pulled up that i just pulled up that is that verse as you were speaking it reminded me of one john three two exactly that that one day um let me just read it. it says dear friends we are god's children now and what we will be has not yet been revealed this is a journey so coming to follow jesus doesn't mean it all gets sorted it's a, it's a process of being a christian or being a follower of jesus and becoming a follower of jesus in order to be like him um I lost where I am. Uh, We have not yet been revealed. Uh, We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. It's great, isn't it? It is. And I I think that's the excitement of the invitation to walk with Jesus. And and, and often we get disappointed because we don't we don't get it all here and now. We think, well, what's what's the point? Rather than seeing this as this magnificent call to walk with the creator of the universe, to, to know him and be known by him. The one who holds, and I, I say this phrase often because it's a, it's a reminder that I don't hold it all together and he yeah. does, but he holds everything together. He sustains all things. He made all things. Everything else is submitted to him. And yet he, he wants to walk with us and know. know us and transform us so that we really are his, his image bearers. Yeah. And, and that is mind blowing. Actually, he would choose. He wants to use us, yeah, humanity, so that others might see the majesty of who he is. Yeah. 
And I think Amazing. that's what he was doing. I think that's what he's doing with these guys. I think he was inviting them into this journey of transformation. And you know, and you know, we've we've read the gospels. And anybody listening, I'm sure, you know, if you've read the gospels, you'll see that. Um, you know, P- Peter is a main character, but how often does he get it wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Despite all these encounters with Jesus and this walking with Jesus, he he messes up, and yet one of the things I love about Peter is we see this progression of, of change and transformation in him, even through those moments of, of brokenness. And, yeah. and I don't, Peter, Peter cannot have realized what was about to happen when he, when he dropped everything to follow Jesus. Mm. But Jesus knew, knew who Peter was, and yet he still invited him in yeah, and knew so what he was going to do with him. And I just think it's amazing. It's that, uh, that quote I, I can't I honestly can't remember who said it but it, it's uh, it's similar lines of you're loved you're accepted you uh, to come as you are but God loves us too much to leave us as we are and that that journey of of being with him that process of becoming like him it takes a lifetime that that one John 3 passage shows that that it's at that point uh, where he calls us home or he returns that that we we will see him and be like him because we will see him as he is That's, that shows that this is a whole lifetime thing of getting it right, getting it wrong. Just, I think Eugene Peterson, isn't it, uses the term a long obedience in the same direction. I, I love that phrase. It, it sums up the Christian life because we want it to be this fast thing. But so often it's it's a slow process. It's God working. It's God, God doing things in and through us that, that can be painful sometimes and sometimes can be slow. It requires us, this passage, I think it says, it requires us to uh, to sacrifice we have to let go of some stuff the the disciples they immediately left their nets and they followed him it, it means yeah. that following jesus means we actually have to lay some stuff down yeah absolutely does and i and i think the the world in which we live <clears throat> is counter this message yeah so it's like if oh, if, it, if it costs you too much yeah if it's too painful if it's too difficult if it's too you know all of those kind of things oh just do something else if it doesn't serve your needs if it doesn't pander to your wants well why do it and and actually the gospel the the gospel and jesus is a is a stumbling block yeah um but his grace is magnificent and and so it's like how do we how do we frame this idea and understanding that his grace is sufficient and he's he's called us to pay to, to pay a price actually to walk with him because it does mean that we're going to have to leave some stuff behind we don't get to set the agenda we don't get to set the pace in the same way that we did outside of him to to drop everything and follow jesus for these guys and i think for us we say jesus okay you're going to set the agenda and you're going to set the pace and sometimes that pace is slower than we want it to be absolutely you know sometimes that agenda it feels sometimes isn't it like um Try, try not you know I've had it in my life so let me let me look at me sometimes when I've come to Jesus it's often uh, sometimes been like Jesus I'm doing this now would you follow me make this work bless me have it have it go the way I need it to go when actually the call is that we're to follow him not Jesus will you follow me but I'm called to follow you so you set uh, you set the boundaries you set set what this life looks like you set what I need to lay down and what I need to pick up you set that because you're Lord and I'm following you 
Um, and that, that, as you say, that is that is so upside down, which is the world saying, if it feels great, do it. If it, you know, live your best life. It's do what you want, when you want to do it, however you want to do it, as long as it doesn't hurt whoever is determined to be, you know, yeah. that we shouldn't hurt. And and yeah. and, and that, that's, that's so upside down in the kingdom of God, isn't it? It is. It is. And I think following Jesus gets under the skin of that. Yeah. And it drives at the identity of what what causes us to want to live that way. Yeah. So like you, you know, that I, I'm I'm or desiring, or hopefully for good reasons, for things to move quicker than they are, or yeah. in my own life. And you kind of go, well, what what really is driving that? Is it my need for value or significance or seeing to be productive and busy? And and I look at the life of Jesus in the gospels, and he was clearly busy. Yeah but he was never hurried and he walked slowly. He walked slowly enough to be able to, to, to listen to the father and, and do what he saw the father doing to be in line with the father's purposes and, and his will. And, and I just look back over my life and I know that so often I've been in such a hurry to try and do things for, for God that he's never asked me to do. Yeah. And that's the most frightening thing is yeah, that when absolutely. you think you're doing something for God that he's never actually asked you to do, the wake up call is, okay, maybe I need to stop doing it. And, and slow down enough to walk with him, follow him, and respond to what he is doing. And, and, I, and I think, John, the more that we do that, the more that become, becomes less of a conscious thing, um, um, and it almost be, it becomes a, a natural subconscious, I'm aligning my life and my purposes. Now, there's always intention, decisions, and actions, and keeping on purpose, but I do think maybe the maybe that life of prayer the rhythm of prayer and of of seeking god's will and purpose for who he's designed us to be and called us to be and asked us to do because actually there is i think the other thing is that this is not just about sitting in a chair with jesus and you know singing some songs and, and praying all day he he called them to do something as well yeah so he's purposed us to do things for him you know Ephesians, i think it's ephesians 2 10 you know, to do the, the works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. So what is it he's asked us? Let's go on and do that. But don't be concerned about other things. Just do what he's called you to do in the context of community with others, because it's never just a solo thing. I think, I think that's a great, great place to land it is is what we see with Jesus actually yeah Jesus is this leader that we're called to follow but he knew how to follow as well he, he you know I think just some examples off the top of my head he it, not my will but the father's will you know he's following there in that he, he he has a lifestyle and a rhythm to his life where he he knows what it is to follow and he puts those things in place to be able to hear uh, and spend time with the father and um and and and, and know how to live that life of of, of humble submission uh, whilst also being this leader uh, you know, I think of the Syrophoenician woman who's, you know, he has this debate with about her healing and scrap, you know, the scraps, surely the scraps of the of the table that the dogs are all right to eat. And, and he, he surrenders. He says, you know, you, I'm going to be I'm going to be led by you in this moment and, and respond to you uh, and follow you in this moment. And, um, you know, if Jesus knows how to follow and he sets this example, um, there may be some stuff in our life as followers of Jesus that we should be seeking to to put into our life and have as, as priority in our life so I'm, I'm going to ask you what what does it look like for you to follow Jesus just just as like a real kind of practical way to end what what does that mean for you sort of on a daily basis yeah. well I mean very practically I think the disciplines have become really important not as a means to earn God's grace but as a means to be shaped by his grace um 
So mornings, Jim, we'll, we'll, we'll start with um, listen to Lectio 365. Yeah, the app. So yeah. use that, um, that as, a, as, a, as a starting point because it's just a case oh, I want to get into your word early and, and prayer. Mm. Uh, I, I then use devotional material and read, into, read the scriptures and pray. And that's kind of, that for me sets my, my day. I know that when I don't do that in the morning, other things get crowded in and become more important than they need to be or become bigger or distracted. So I, I think if I don't do it in the morning and it's not about, oh, I've done my time with Jesus now and I can go on with the rest of my day. Actually, that sets my day. That yeah. sets my heart to be attuned to God. And then I, I think, John, um, I, I try to involve as and this is about me remembering to do this rather than God not wanting to be involved, but it's to remind myself actually in every decision that I need to make, um, am, I listen, am I listening to the spirit? Am I uh, in the conversations that I'm having, even now, am I being attentive to what yeah. he's saying? What does he want me to say? Um, is there somebody that's on my, on my heart actually that's coming to my mind that I need to text or to make a phone call to? Um, am, I, am I living in a uh, and then it's about attitudes and words. So uh, what words am I using and how am I helping somebody else to become all that God's called them to be? So it, I guess that for me, the posture of discipleship has gone from God, what can you do for me? Actually to be, how can, how can I help somebody else to become all that they've become to be? How can I, how can I live in such a way, Jesus, that when somebody um, encounters me or leaves, my, leaves my, me or my family's presence to go, oh, you know it was like an encounter with jesus yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of what it, i i try to look like as i follow jesus is that some really practical like do some of these things um but yeah and then at the end of the day i i you know listen to scripture yeah um and and um and occasionally use the Lecto 365 if I don't fall asleep. The evening one. The evening one sends me off. The music is just too soft. So, so yeah. So, th since the start of the year, I, I've, I've taken on a, I'm doing a reading plan with some others um, through the year uh, that I was invited to. So, I, I just, I listen to that and yeah. I tend to do that later on in the evenings. Great. Just these just these kind of rhythms of life that kind of ground us in who God is. And I love that idea of just being open to the spirit that actually spending time with Jesus uh, means that we start to do what he did. And, you know, he called the disciples out of potentially that place of rejection, that place of uh, of just the day to day drudgery. And they call them into something greater. And actually, when we when we when we allow the spirit to speak and we don't force it, sometimes sometimes it's like. I, I often sometimes get a bit stressed and it can be like, God, what are you saying to this person in this moment? It's just like, just, just be who I've created you to be for this person. And uh, you don't need to fret about it. Um, but actually sometimes he'll, he'll put something, you know, there's something prophetic that we can just speak into someone's life without perhaps without even realizing it or, mm. and, and that, that doesn't just come. It comes from being with Jesus um, and following him and surrendering to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about this. So there's some moments though in the mornings where you, you know, you get up and you, you read in scripture and I've, I've, I've got back into the habit of journaling. I hadn't journaled for a while. I'm going back into that, but it just feels really hard work. It just feels like this yeah. is really frustrating. Jesus, I, I, I have no idea what you're saying and I don't even know how to process some of this stuff or it just seems like radio silence. And I, and I think that's okay. 
Yeah. Because actually, you know, think about re relationships anyway, that it's never, it's never just like that all the time, is it? There's moments where it, it's, it's bumpy or you don't know what to say and you, or you miss here. And, and I, I think with Jesus, he wants us, he doesn't want our words, actually. I think he wants our presence. Yeah. As much as he wants to delight us with his. Yeah. And and I know that in in terms of family life, I can be distracted by so many things that, that you know I try as best I can to be present in the moment. Yeah. Life gets in the way. And I but I think it's something something when you just you just you don't need to say anything actually. Yeah. Just a comforting presence. My my mum used to say when we were when we were growing up, uh, and when my brother and I had left house, what she used to miss, she used to miss miss my brother's um, my brother my brother would say things that nobody everybody was thinking, but nobody else would dare say. <laughs> and it's just it's just he's a you know yeah he's a joker, um, loud. He's probably more extroverted than I am. Um, I'm not, <laughs> but my mum would say I miss miss Andy's laughter and his. Miss your presence because I'm actually quite quiet, and it was that and that little insight I think for me not was actually about it's about God being present with us, but us being present with Him yeah. even if we say nothing yeah. and being okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Human beings, not human doings. Yeah. Being with Him, and I, th I think you know just to, just to land it just practically then. You know, the encouragement this week is as we follow Jesus, just how about just intentionally carving out some time to be with him each day? Um, you know, for me, that looks different in different seasons. Um, and it looks like something at the moment that it hasn't looked like previously. And, um, you know, I think I think that's that's all part of that depth of relationship and a growing of a relationship. But it's formed and it's formed by being with each other. Um, and so. You know, we know what it's like not to be with people and the relationship kind of stalts, doesn't it? When I when we came out of lockdown, I kind of felt a little socially inept. I did, how do I how do I deal around people? What you know, what happens when I'm in a social group? I kind of I've lost how that works. and You have to kind of form that back again. Um, and it, it's, it's like that with a relationship with Jesus. It, it's formed. And so daily, I wonder if, if we could just as a church be committed to daily, just whether it's the structure of a rhythm of a, of a reading plan just to start or something where we just say, uh, following you, Jesus, we're going to commit to this at the start, yeah. the middle or the end of each day or all of those. Um, yeah. let, let's do something that enables us to be with him and to follow him and be like him. Yeah, I think, yeah, just on, on that is, mm. is inviting, you could invite, if you struggle with it, invite somebody to do it with you. Yeah isn't it it's community that, absolutely we to do on your own. the disciples weren't called in isolation whether they were called as a group that's it i mean yeah. that for that passage that you read exactly there's four of them like yeah. come on come and walk with me and um see so yeah, i i think that's really important yeah it's journeying with others through this process and the joy we have now is this technology that enables that you know the bible app that allows you reading plans together it's it's almost like there's the excuse isn't there there's this technology there's other things that we can use that can be used for horrific things but it can actually be used to deepen our discipleship uh, and they're gifts of grace that we can use and so um you know let's be a people that are passionately pursuing him to follow him to be like him can i say one one final thing go for it you finish because well i just think these are great right and the bible app that you mentioned you can get it on your phone um 
but you've also got you've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, all the news apps, notifications. So if you find um, using your phone for devotions really difficult, um, there's a really simple solution. Either pick up a paper Bible and read it mm-hmm. or um, cancel notifications, delete. Uh, so recently, um, you know, I deleted Facebook, Twitter, Instagram from my phone, deleted all news apps bar one. Um, um, and and just don't don't go to it. So I think we we can eliminate some of those distractions yeah. if we choose to do so. It's laying stuff down, isn't it? Dropping those nets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ian, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for your wisdom. Um, but yeah, excited about this journey that we have as we encounter Jesus this year, as we look to Him. Um, like I said last week, like those Israelites in Joshua look to the ark. We look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, and 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 run the race with endurance so um mate thanks for your encouragement and excited to uh, see what happens as we as a church encounter him this coming year awesome god i look to you i won't be overwhelmed give me vision to see things like you do god i look to you my help comes from give me wisdom you know just what to do
our prayer that this year uh, as we um, journey together as a church online in person in gospel communities in the different ways that people are connecting in with us that we would see Jesus and we would encounter him and through being with him we'd become like him. Uh, uh, One writer says that discipleship is to be like Jesus if he were you with your personality with your passions with your giftings uh, with where God has placed you in your workplace in your family in society uh, that we be with Jesus and we become like him in the spaces and places that he's calling us. And we do what Jesus does. We start to see the kingdom of and, and seek out the kingdom of God uh, in and around us. So I, I hope this morning as we've explored Matthew chapter four and the calling of those disciples, it's encouraged you that God doesn't call the perfect, but he, he calls those that are willing to follow him, step into a, a transformation relationship with him where he calls us to be with him, be like him and do what he does. And so um, I I hope you're encouraged this morning uh, that that God is working in your life, that that the fact that you're online this morning or you're engaging with this and you're you're seeking God through the the words of his scriptures, that he's bringing transformation in your life. And, And we pray that if you need healing this morning, physical transformation, that the spirit of God right now would just come and bring healing in your body, strength, freedom from anxiety, breaking those chains of depression, whatever it is that you feel and are experiencing, that you would know that God is with you. The promises of scripture is that God never leaves nor forsakes us. So the reality is, as as close as the breath is to your lungs, God is with you. He's with you. And so my prayer is that we would become increasingly aware of his presence each and every moment of every day, and we'd hear him and we'd respond to his spirit uh, as we seek to live for him. And so I want to encourage you, some of the things that Ian and myself shared at the end of the talk, they're going to come up now, just some resources just to help you each and every day, just to, to seek him and to encounter him in different ways. And so there'll be some, some images and, and links coming up on the screen at the end of this service. But uh, my prayer is that you would know God's presence God, will you will you uh, remind us that you're always with us and help us to be aware of your presence each and every moment of every day? Increasingly, let us know that you you are blessing us, that you're for us. Lord, will you make your face shine upon us and give us rest in your presence, no matter what the swirling storms of life are around us? Let us know your peace. And may we live in that and the reality of that this day and for this week for your glory. And uh, and I want to remind you, don't forget, next week we're in person at the United Reformed Church. It's at 1030. Uh, you can be there together. And um, if you want to engage in gospel communities, then get onto our website. A link will come up on the screen and you can find out so much more about us as a church. But blessings and thank you for being with us. Thank you for making time and prioritising this this morning. Uh, We appreciate every single one of you and God loves you and we're praying for you. So blessings uh, this week and into the weeks to come. In a world that shouts, whispering is countercultural. And in a world that's always busy, pausing is a beautiful waste. This year, stop and pray with Lectio 365. 
every day of the year, be challenged, equipped, and encouraged with daily inspiration to develop your prayer life and walk with God. Together, we will P-R-A-Y, pausing to be still, rejoicing with a psalm and reflecting on a scripture, asking God to help us live more, and yielding to his will in our lives every day. Seeking God as we learn new countercultural rhythms of stillness. Through the Bible and through prayer, we'll explore prayer, mission, justice, creativity, hospitality, learning. Listening to God and hearing what He has to say to us. Lectio 365. The new daily devotional app from 24-7 Prayer and CWR. The Bible is God's word to us. When we read or listen to it, it tells us what's true and helps us live a better life. The Bible app can give God's word a voice in your life every day. You'll find thousands of free devotionals, videos, and more, all designed to help you explore what the Bible says. Discover together with friends and share your journey along the way. Get the Bible app today at bible.com app.